What's going on, guys? Welcome on back to Second and Short. My name is Tyler Lauder, joined with Aaron Bend, and we have a special guest with you guys here today in Molly McIntyre. Aaron, Molly, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing excellent. Probably should have just said one of our names first and then the other one, so we wouldn't have to guess who's supposed to go first. <laughs> I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm glad you took the lead there. I was going to let you talk, but yeah, doing pretty well. It's nice to be here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome on in. And today is Monday, which means we are talking about our Monday movers, those that move up and down on our fictional power rankings. And the first people we are going to talk about, let's jump right in. We're going to talk about the Miami Dolphins, the four and three Miami Dolphins, the Tua led Miami Dolphins. Uh, Aaron, why don't you lead us off here on why these Dolphins are moving up today after their win over the LA Rams? Yeah, I mean, of course, the big headline here is that Tua came in, won his first start, didn't play well. But the reason I have them moving up is that they've won three out of their last four uh, after starting 0-3. And a large part of that is due to their defense. Yesterday, they had overall offense that they had just under 150 yards of total offense. 150 yards. And and they still won by a score of 28-17. to They had... Andrew Van Ginkle had a long touchdown. Uh, they got some turnovers. They made plays on defense. And uh, it, they just they made the Rams look bad pretty much the whole game. Yeah, th- it was an interesting game. I watched parts of it, you know, to see see how Tua was doing and everything. And when he took, like, an early hit on Aaron Donald, it kind of scared, scared the shit out of me, not going to lie. If I was Tua, that'd be terrifying. But, I mean... Looking at the stats, only 150 total yards, uh, three yards per play. You know, they only had eight first downs that entire game, which is just crazy to to see when you win by 11 points. But yeah, they're nine and seven in the last 16 games. They're definitely trending up. They're a completely different team than we saw them early last season. I'm kind of excited to see where they go. Yeah, and a, a lot of things almost seem to just start going down for the Rams as soon as Jalen Ramsey went out in the first quarter uh, with the sort of illness. Uh, I didn't look up the details on that and everything, but I saw illness and just saw he was out. And obviously, when you lose one of your best playmakers at any level, it's going to make a big impact. And how you adjust mid-game is is almost sometimes too hard to match. Like, it's almost better if your star is out before the game starts than a game plan goes out the window almost. Like, if, if Aaron Donald went down, I feel like that defensive line would just get a bunch of offsides calls because they don't know how to play or anything. But we got to give major credit to this Miami Dolphins team. Uh, I mean, simple. If you can win on special teams and defense, your offense never has to do anything. We've seen teams in the past, like look at the Chicago Bears back in like 05. Like Rex Grossman just had to hold the ball like five times a game and then the Bears could win games. Just don't throw interceptions, you know? I mean, what was that? When was that year when the, the Steelers played the Texans and the Texans had like 24 total yards and they won, I think it was 24 to 7 just because of defense and turnovers. Yeah, it's it was a great game to watch. I, I think Tua has some potential. I think he made some good plays here. I mean, the Dolphins were looking fine before Tua went in. So for me, when they sat Fitzpatrick, it kind of felt out of nowhere. And, you, you know, it felt weird, but I'm excited to see where Tua leads this team. They're developing in the right ways. I think, you know, they're playing in a they're not playing in a super difficult division. They've got the Bills up there, but the Patriots are they're falling down, you know, uh, the Jets, they're just a train wreck. So, I mean, I think this is a good place for them to develop. I think this is going to be a great place for Tua to lead. Yeah, and don't forget three wildcard teams. Ooh, yeah, seventh seed. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, you know, let's move on. Miami Dolphins, they're getting up here for us this week. Uh, let's talk about a player. Uh, Aaron, who are we going to be talking about next? 
Uh, this is a player that uh, stepped in for injury on the Steelers once their inside linebacker got hurt. That's Robert Spillane. Last week, came in. He had, towards the end of the Titans game, he had a monster stop on Derrick Henry, sacrificed his body to prevent the touchdown. And then this week, going up against the Ravens, intercepted Lamar Jackson first minute of, of the game, ran it back for a touchdown. I mean, the guy's playing really great for a player who's just kind of a backup up until now. He stepped in, filled Devin, Devin Bush's spot uh, very well uh, so far. So, I mean, he's got a big up for me. Yeah, I, I looked into this Spillane dude because he, he picked Lamar Jackson off running it back, and my roommate's a Steelers fan, and we had no idea who this guy was. So we looked him up, and before this, he's played one career defensive snap, just one. And he picks off Lamar Jackson, you know, the Madden athlete, the former MVP, and filling in for Devin Bush, that's a big name. The Steelers traded up for him. He's he's uh, presence on that team. It was really impressive to see him go out there and run that back. I'm kind of excited to see where he goes because he'll, he'll be playing all season long for Devin Bush. Yeah, and we will have to see uh, before, we, before I talk more on him is that we just – saw that the New York Jets traded Avery Williamson to the Steelers. So Steelers just get another linebacker uh, to use there who can play inside. This is just, it's kind of weird. We were talking about this, Aaron and I, a couple weeks ago on like teams that always have a certain position. And it seems like the Steelers always have like these gritty linebackers that can just fill in, come on in, and they just can, they just play well no matter who they are. And I think... What, that, that's kind of what we were talking about before Aaron jumped on, Mahali, is that these Steelers look really dangerous. And I think these are one of the reasons why they're dangerous is that at the first level, they're dangerous. And even their substitutes come in and they can play, make plays. I mean, he had 11 total tackles. What I liked about that, though, is 10 of those were solo. When I see my middle linebacker out there, I want him to get solo tackles. He's reading the game. He can predict what the run offense is going to do. That's what I like to see. Uh, big ups for him moving forward. Yeah, the Steelers, the Steelers are looking dangerous, and uh, just this has nothing to do with anything, but the Steelers seem to always have weird niches, you know? And it's the gritty linebackers, it's the, the receivers they got in, like, the seventh round of the draft that yeah, turned out to be elite. up with that? Yeah, I think the Steelers, I, I've, I've said it, I said it before we started recording here, I think they're going to win the AFC Championship. I truly, I know that the Chiefs are daunting, you look at them, but I truly believe that they've got everything it takes to win a Super Bowl, and... As long it comes down, I think to me, if Big Ben is going to screw it up, is he going to throw a, a game losing interception? Is he going to? It's just I think they have damn near everything. And from one AFC team to another AFC team, another player that's getting a big up for us here is Old Man Philip Rivers. Uh, he he came out yesterday against these Lions, and I know like when we talk about teams playing the Lions, it's kind of like they should win because they're the Lions. You know, they're like the NFC version of the Browns. But the Lions of late have been beating teams that are you know, supposed to be better than them. They've been outplaying some teams. But Phillip Rivers came out here today and in the first half looked amazing. Uh, you know me. I'm a, I'm a big Phillip Rivers fan. Uh, I've, I've had some difficulty this season because it seems like no matter what Phillip Rivers does, people are hating on him for it. But his season stats are crazy. He almost has 2,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, almost at 100 passer rating. And, you know, he's, like, completing 70% of his throws. This offense is pretty good. It runs the ball well. They're able to actually protect Rivers, something that he's never had his whole career. And, you know, yesterday he throws three touchdowns and 250 yards, uh, like 123 passer rating. 
And it's just, I think, I think this is a perfect fit for Rivers. I think he's playing real well. That defense is playing real well. And, you know, as long as Philip Rivers isn't turning the ball over, which has always been a problem for him, I think this team will go places. I really like Rivers on the Colts, which is difficult for me to say as a Chargers fan. Just a few weeks ago, we were down on Rivers because we felt he hadn't been playing up to, like, his legacy had shown him. I threw for two interceptions against the Browns a few weeks ago. But, I mean, last week, threw for, uh, 371 yards, three touchdowns. This week, threw for another three touchdowns. He's kept the interceptions to a minimum, just one interception over the last two games. It's looked like maybe it took him a few games to kind of get into the swing of things with his new team and everything, but it looks like he's he's ready to take the Colts and kind of take over first place from the from the Titans in that division. Yeah, and I think the big factor here is like throughout Philip Rivers' career is that we've always known him to be reliant on the running backs out of the backfield catching for him. And this game, I know they've been kind of getting targets over the past, but this game kind of seemed that those running backs stepped up a little bit more. He had nine total targets to the running backs. They had six catches, but I mean, Neam Haynes had a 29-yard touchdown. And then we see Jordan Wilkins. He had a 24-yard catch. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was kind of disappointing yesterday, but the fact that Phillip Rivers can feel comfortable trusting his second and third running back just reminds me of like a Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler type thing, you know, and that's what we might see in the future. And I think that was a big factor there is that these running backs had speed once they got into open space against the second unit, the linebackers of Detroit and Phillip Rivers just kind of exposed that. And this Colts team at five and two right now, they're looking really good. If Phillip Rivers can keep his play up like this, they're going to be fighting for that division title come the end of the year. And that is way too much positivity. Let's get <laughs> negative here. This is like my favorite thing to say every week is like, let's just start shitting on some yeah, people. He, he thinks it's funny every week. He's just like, he thinks he's so clever <laughs> yeah. every week. And... I'm, the ol- I'm the only one. But uh, how about we do this, Aaron? Um, like we let Molly kind of talk about like Philip Rivers first and everything. Why don't you shit on Mike Vrabel for a second? <laughs> All right. First of all, I gotta I gotta say I love Mike Vrabel. I love what he's done with the culture in the Titans locker room. Uh, he's proven to be kind of a genius when it comes to manipulating the rule book and everything. Really, can you can see Bill Belichick's influence on him? What why I have him just sliding down my uh, power rankings this week is the defense. He uh, we lost our offensive defensive coordinator last week last year in Dean Pease. Went into this offseason kind of not knowing who's going to step up and take that role. Vrabel said, we don't need a defensive coordinator. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of get them uh, going through practice. Shane Bowen, who's a linebacker coach, will call plays during the game. And we'll figure it out. And they haven't figured it out. Defense has been awful. Last week, they could not generate any pressure uh, against a Bengals offensive line who had zero starters playing yesterday. Uh, cornerbacks I mean our best cornerback is injured but cornerbacks can't cover uh, anyone and the, I mean the defense is just getting embarrassed and then Vrabel came out in the press conference yesterday and said uh, the fact that we don't have a defensive coordinator that doesn't seem to be a contributing problem come on Mike you gotta step it up you gotta get a coach in there get get something going get something to, to spark the defense I think you make a lot of great points here. I, I would agree with you that uh, Mike Vrabel, I don't, I don't, you know, he's trending down a little bit, but I don't see him as a bad coach. I think he's done a lot for the Titans. I mean, 
he's turned Ryan Tannehill from someone we thought was just a decent backup or a lower average quarterback to an above average quarterback who's having a great couple of years here. But I think he's trying to handle too much being exactly. the head coach and the defensive coordinator. I think he needs to just kind of step back and be like, for the I could do it, but for the best of my team, need to step back and get better. But I think the Titans are a really good team. They got kind of embarrassed yesterday, but it happens. You know, at least they didn't blow a 21 point <laughs> lead yesterday. But uh, I think they'll they'll get in the right track. Them and the Colts will be battling for that division. But I I do like Mike Rabel still, but I think he needs to calm down a little bit. Yeah, and the offense is playing great right now. That's something we have to like. If the if the offense wasn't playing so great. This team right now could be sitting at like two and five or three and four uh, over over their seven games. I mean, five times they've allowed at least 27 points in six of those seven games. They've allowed at least three scores. And I think the pr- issue I have with that is like they're allowing a lot of points to the Bengals, the Texans, the Jags, like teams that shouldn't be scoring on them. And if it wasn't for Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, yeah, I think this team would be in the dumps right now. Uh, offensively, at least, like they're helping. Um, I don't know if it's maybe they need to make another move and everything. Uh, Aaron, yesterday you you sent me a message saying that Vic Beasley is is ass. <laughs> it's funny because when we were hyping up like free agent additions, we're like, I guess we could talk about Vic Beasley. I don't know, should we? And it's almost valid that we shouldn't have said anything about him at all. And uh, I don't know this this Titans team has just gotta they just gotta toughen up a little bit on the defensive side. And, yeah, I mean. Tighten up. Exactly. Now, let's move on and let's talk about Lamar Jackson. We've already kind of, you know, led into him earlier about Spillane and that that pick six he had early in the game. There was a couple things that were wrong with this game yesterday from Lamar. His, and I don't want to be, that's not mean, mean or anything, but he almost felt arrogant. Some of the pocket, like some of the windows he tried throwing in, put his receivers in dangerous positions, especially that last throw. I thought that should have been pass interference because the linebacker behind didn't like clearly just took his legs out, but whatever. But still, he took too many risks on those. Um, some of his runs just didn't seem, they just seemed, it was too risky. And a game against the Steelers, you have to almost, at this point, play perfect, it seems. But why are we down on Lamar Jackson right now outside of what I said? Aaron? Well, if I'm just, first of all, looking over at the season as a whole, it seems like teams have kind of figured him out a bit more, which is kind of expected. Uh, after his standout last season. But last yesterday, he threw for less than 50% completion. We always knew he wasn't an amazing passer, but uh, the Steelers got two interceptions on him. He fumbled the ball three times, lost two of them. So that's, a t- that's, four, uh, that's four turnovers that he caused just by himself. Uh, and against the Steelers team, with that, like we said, that just disgusting defense, that's, you got to do a lot better than that if you want to be considered the top uh, contending team in the AFC. I, I said this a lot last year when Lamar Jackson was having his MVP season, and it's, you know, he had a great season, <clears throat> but I just, I don't think Lamar Jackson is all that smart. I think he is outworldly athletic. I think, you know, he, his legs, you know, it's amazing what he can do with them. He doesn't have a great throw. His deep ball is not great, but I just think what separates him from like Patrick Mahomes is just the the mental game. I think he makes a lot of dumb mistakes. He he always kind of puts his team in rough positions. I think if he can clean up a lot of the mental stuff, he would be amazing. He could win a Super Bowl with the Ravens with that team. But he just does some stuff where it's like, 
you know, he's he looks at his first, he doesn't go through all his progressions. He looks at his first receiver, it's not there. He's running, taking a hit. He's not throwing the ball away. He's throwing it in terrible positions. I just don't think he has the uh, the 100% brain ability, and that's not, I think he is amazingly athletic. I cannot say that enough, but I think he needs to just work on the mental game and get himself in a better position there. Yeah, all over the internet right now is talking about why can't the Ravens like hold strong in big games type thing. But when I when I look deeper into this and everything, like they're five and two right now with Lamar as quarterback, but they haven't beat quality opponents. Uh, they beat the Eagles, they beat the Bengals, they beat the football team, and they beat the the Texans. Like when you look at those teams right there, those four teams kind of they have a combined <laughs> like what like like they have like combined like four or five wins. Uh, yeah, they beat the Browns in week one, but Aaron, you and I have been talking all year about how with like you know with the preseason pretty much being canceled and you know no real off season training and preparation that week one is almost a wash of who you really are as a team and we'll see more as you go on and this kind of looks scary man i mean they have the colts next week on the road i they have to go to foxborough and regardless of how new england is is playing at the point playing november football in foxborough is difficult like and for a guy that's not accurate like lamar he could get picked apart and then they get to play the titans and then the steelers again like if lamar jackson doesn't figure this out quick the Ravens are going to slide fast and could find themselves at six and four, six and five, you know, come week 10 and 11. Yeah. And that division is brutal. You've got the Steelers undefeated and I think they win that division, but then, you know, the Browns have always, you know, like they're, they're there. I, they're like at like five and five and whatever right now. And, you know, I don't, I don't think they're, they're better than the Ravens, but I mean, if the Ra- the Ravens tough schedule, they slide a few games. The Browns, who are pretty injured, and you know Baker Mayfield's not super consistent, but they're still there. You know that's a that's kind of a still a tough division, and I'd like to see the Ravens kind of clean it up and and go places. But I just I don't have all the confidence in the world in Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, I do agree. I think this is going to be the next few games are really kind of going to tell us who the Ravens are this season, and we'll see how we'll see how they play against some tough competition and see if they can maybe steal that second game against the Steelers later in the season. And now let's talk about our final mover down. And this is going to be a team here. We're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers uh, who are now four and four. I mean, defending NFC champions, they have been hurt all year. Nothing is going right for this 49ers team. Uh, Before we dive into why they're moving down, uh, is Nick Mullins a better quarterback than Jimmy G? (laughs) All signs point to yes, apparently. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, I, I, I don't know. I've, I, like Lamar Jackson, I've never really had all the confidence in the world in Jimmy G. I mean, he played pretty well last year, obviously. Got him to the Super Bowl, but he's, he's just seems like he's kind of, in, kind of a douchebag sometimes and kind of just like, just not the guy I'd want to be my quarterback. But I would not say Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard are better than him, but that's just the tough quarterback room, I think. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the signing at the time as well. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of money for a guy who was very unproven. And I think they would, they would be wise to kind of, I'm not saying definitely move on from him, but kind of check out their options uh, during the offseason. Uh, the team as a whole, I mean, they, I guess they're kind of fulfilling that, that, that prophecy about uh, the, Super, the post-Super Bowl slump for whoever loses the Super Bowl. And they've had some ugly losses. The defense is not nearly the force it was last year. And they're not running the ball like they have last year. It's, they just have 
looked overall like not terrible, but just kind of very unimpressive and un uh, unremarkable, as what I would say. Yeah, I mean, and they piled up another injury as well. Uh, George Kittle left the game. It's just they were playing with. They're down like three running backs. Uh, they're down like two receivers. Now Kittle's hurt. They're swapping quarterbacks left and right. Their defensive line is just getting depleted. We we were bashing on Philly like a week or two ago about how their like health and fitness team and recovery team is just bad. The 49ers can't stay healthy either. So this is just more things for you guys that listen to us. If you are ever traveling, don't drink the water in Philly. Don't drink the water in San Francisco. Stay away just from don't it. Don't drink any water ever. Yeah, just... Just drink, just drink Dr. Pepper. That's what. That's all you got to do, and you'll be good. That's how I got through high school. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think I'm not. I'm not thrilled about the 49ers this year, like I was last year. But I think. I think they're to bring basketball into this. I think they're kind of like the Golden State Warriors, where where last year, you know, they lost. They lost a bunch, and a bunch of people got injured. But I think they'll be back next year. The NFC West is a brutal division. Uh, four and four for them right now is honest to God, best case scenario with all the injuries they've had. I think they'll be back. Uh, but yeah, this year's kind of, it's kind of the Adam rank year. Maybe they'll actually go four and 12 instead of going to the Super Bowl. But isn't that pretty crazy though, how we're sitting here and after eight weeks in the 49ers are last in their division at four and four, uh, which would be good for like a two game lead <laughs> in the NFC East. They would be Kings. They would be like, that's like, that's like when you retire and then move to Guatemala to live like a king after, after being like middle class all your life. <laughs> and that is going to do it for us here on Second and Short and our movers of ups and downs. Uh, this week has been pretty exciting. We got our new co-host on here, Molly McIntyre. Hopefully we'll hear more from her in the future. Um, be sure to click that subscribe button down below if you're checking us out on YouTube. Stay up to date on everything that is Second and Short. Click that like button because it is the cheapest way to show your support here for second and short and leave a comment down below on who you think is moving up and down as well. And if you want to check us out anywhere else on social media, be sure to look at our Facebook where we're updating every post, uh, every new episode. We're also on Twitter where we try to uh, keep up to date with new polls every week. And also on Instagram where we have midweek posts and news updates, polls, our story discussion points all the likes and feel free to send us a dm on whatever platform whatever time of day whenever you want thanks for listening and molly thanks for joining us yeah thanks for having me thanks guys have a good one